Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Semino, and with me as always is my co-host, Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Steve. There's always something you can do with the mad that you feel. Just, you know. <laughs> That's good. I actually knew that one. I thought I would I thought I would get the quote from this, just because I watched it so recently. And Tom Hanks says, as Mr. Rogers says such, generically charming, uh, adorable things to children and otherwise. So I figured this would one this one would stick in my noggin, and it did. I didn't take a lot of notes for this movie. And also, I mean, of course you know it, like Mr. Rogers has been a part of your life for like i could have just picked a mr rogers quote (laughs) or something just generically uplifting and also like a little incisive incisive and i'd be like oh that sounds perfect that's him (sighs) yeah i probably should have just picked a chris cooper line in this movie i guess i don't know i'm drunk i'm old i'm i love you matthew reese something along those lines I feel duty bound to do a Hanks line though. So, <laughs> yes, you know, that makes we sense. <laughs> well, welcome everyone. Welcome back to the In Real Deep podcast. We have made it. We are done with Tom Hanks. We started no, when COVID. No, no, we're not done with Tom Hanks. We are done just... with the our our journey through the selected works of Tom Hanks. Is that fair? Uh, from a podcast perspective, yes. But, uh, For now, the there journey, may be more the to journey come. Continues. The, the journey, journey continues. The journey He's he's a young man. He survives the the pandemic. He's he's looking good. He's sixty four. That's uh, I feel like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Tom Hanks left to come for sure. Yeah, is he only sixty four? Wow. Yeah, he's been, he was like so young in Philadelphia, like old. he was a baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I was. I'm 64 after doing 10 episodes of Tom Hanks. Just like, well, <laughs> or going through the last seven months, you mean, or 11 yes. months? Yes. <laughs> yes, mostly that. <clears throat> but yes, as specified by Andrew, we are not finished with Tom Hanks as film fans by a long shot. But our podcast journey has ended with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the 2019 American biographical drama film, in which Tom Hanks plays a distinctly supporting role to the extent that he was nominated for a best supporting Oscar. So this is Hanks really leaning into a thing we've talked about a lot on this podcast, Andrew, which is being part of an ensemble, stepping back a little bit, you know, but he's never really stepped back this much, at least not in, in maybe ever, but certainly not in the recent past until this movie. And he was rewarded accordingly. And we can talk about, you know, what that means for the future of Hanks and its redeeming qualities and things of that sort. Before we get there, let's do our beverage of choice segments. I have a DC Brow In Session IPA, which is very nice and easy to drink and smooth. And Congress is a bunch of clowns. And I drink this in honor of their inability to, to assist the population of the country in our time of need. Uh, deep. Uh, I can tell also <laughs> by your 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 beer selections that you're back on the East Coast now. Mm-hmm. Um, for for good, I believe. Um, I am drinking uh, a Seven Locks Brewing Shattered Glass New England IPA, and that's it. Yeah, I'm also on the East Coast, but I never left. So. <laughs> no, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> I feel like we're keeping you here for for the rest of your days. I would imagine so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk A Beautiful Day. Andrew, this is the first time you saw this movie, correct? So what did you think? How did it feel? How did it sit with you? Um, I, it, you know, it was one of the movies that I was disappointed not to see um, last year. It was like one of those, you know, there's always, well, I mean, it may, this may not be the case this year, 
but usually at the we get to the end of our year and there are like so many movies that come out between november and the end of the year or into january that it's like it's like impossible to see them all and so i was disappointed i missed this one glad i saw it i think enjoyed it generally speaking uh although i think it's a pretty like simple movie i guess seeing it now it we wouldn't have landed on my top 10 list for for last year uh like if i was going to redo it um but i think a really good movie to kind of bring us full circle on tom hanks for sure uh in the, and again in the context of this this podcast series that we've been that we've been doing um because he's a very iconic he plays a very iconic character uh, but as you say, he he is very much uh, very much a support. I mean, this is like a true supporting role. Like we talk about, I feel like every year with the Oscars that um, you know the line between a supporting <laughs> role and like the best actor like seems to be blurred. I, I but this is much. This is like a true supporting role. He's really not the main character at all. Um, he's just sort of the the uh, the MacGuffin for uh, the main character to uh, go on a journey i suppose so um yeah it was good it was good i don't didn't didn't like love the movie or think it was like you know i wasn't kicking myself kicking myself that i missed it um last year i haven't seen it now finally yes i think you're right on all fronts i think you're super right about the best supporting that's something we've talked about before you know the winner of the the award that hanks was nominated for was brad pitt and obviously leonardo dicaprio (laughs) is the lead of uh once my time in hollywood brad pitt is in you know, it's like 52% to 48% in terms of screen time, you know, like it's not, it's a two-hander and he's the lower end of the two-hander, but it doesn't necessarily, wouldn't call it supporting. And then the other nominees, there there was, you know, I believe Joe Pesci and Al Pacino from The Irishman and Mm -hmm. they're two parts of a three-hander, you know, like they, Mm -hmm. they're a little more supporting, but they still are a huge, like, but, but Hank's in this movie, like, as you said, is truly in in a very very small amount of it literally and then his those contributions are large he he exists to prop up the main character of the movie Matthew Reese which is i would say a slightly jarring thing the first time you see this yeah. or at least the first like 30 40 minutes when you start to realize oh Lloyd Vogel is the main character of this movie <laughs> like i'm not we're not pivoting to Hanks 20 minutes in or anything or we're not even doing a two-hander we're not even having them be buddies like they are conversing every now and then but we're mostly following Matthew Matthew Reese around and I like Matthew Reese he's great at being exasperated I I laugh every time they open up the uh his little collage thing or his little like you know window into the and you see Matthew Reese's messed up face and he's got that distressed look like that's a great little little gimmick they use but yeah I think your mileage with this movie can vary to a certain extent based on how much you wanted it to be a Tom Hanks movie and then what you realize it ends up being but that's Hanks does that sometimes like he he is not the kind of person who always needs center stage we've, we've proven that many times over to the credit of Marielle Heller the director who was also in the Queen's Gambit Andrew did you know that are you aware of this I did not she's know one of the supporting roles in the Queen's Gambit and is a very good actress as well so she can do it all see this show but, but... It's a good show. Yeah. It's the it's the chess show. But in terms of this movie, which is directed by one of the stars of the chess show, it's they they certainly take a unique approach. Like there was a way to make there probably was. I mean, given the Mr. Rogers documentary that came out, "Won't You Be My Neighbor," which was hugely received for a documentary, both financially and critically. I imagine the the temptation was there to just make a pretty standard Mr. Rogers movie, and instead they make you know, one where he's not the main character. 
And really, but that, I would say that allows Hanks to shine even more, I would imagine. Like, I don't, there, there is, there is conflict within the Mr. Rogers character if you try and find it. Like, the documentary found some of it. I think, maybe not a full movie's worth, but I'm sure they could have squeezed one out. But I think getting Hanks for, you know, the 20, 25, 30 minutes you get in this movie makes his appearances all that more valuable. And, and also, in a way, probably doesn't force him to, to become more of a caricature of Mr. Rogers. Like, I think the less the better in that way, because you don't have to constantly say to yourself, this is Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers when he's only in, you know, uh, 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 two-thirds of the movie, a thir- uh, half the movie. Yeah, I think you hit on a couple things that are... Like, I, I appreciate the approach this movie took, which is very unconventional. I mean, um, you know, yes, there is this documentary out there that was pretty famous and popular, but... Uh, and that that does sort of tell that more straightforward Mr. Rogers story, like start to finish who he was. Um, and I think, uh, I think just it, that's a danger when you're, it, it's a, it's a good spot for a documentary to occupy. Um, especially when you have a, a person that's just like this beloved as like Mr. Rogers is, um, and uh you know it's a dangerous it would be a da- it would be a dangerous and possibly ill-advised route to just go that way with uh with with like a, just a straight tom hanks being mr rogers for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever like and, and i th- i think it's 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 tricky not only because mr rogers is so beloved and you don't want to anger people and that also makes it hard to you know take risks but also like as this movie kind of takes pains to point out, I think one of the main points is like, it asks the question, is it like Mr. Rogers like really like that? And also won't you be my neighbor sort of asks the same, same question. And the answer is like, yes. So where is like, there are, there are a couple of great scenes in there, but where is like the tent, like this isn't like a walk the line or a Ray where you have like <laughs> a musician <laughs> overcoming a horrible drug problem. Like there's just, there's not like tension there in the same uh, way that you can like milk for two hours and you get the tension from uh, from this other character and I think it um, I think that question uh, it makes the, that, that question about like is Mr. Rogers really like this you know I mean Matthew Reese's character sort of bluntly asks that at one point um, is a pretty is pretty thin for a movie and I think it actually kind of shows here even in only 30 minutes it's like yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's like not much more to say there, but but uh, it's smart to smart to couch it with this adult who's still going through some or processing emotion, you know, and like um, that's the power of Mister Rogers, I suppose. And uh, you know, I gotta say, like um, my kids don't watch Mister Rogers now. Um, they watch Daniel Tiger, which is a you know the tiger puppet in there right mm-hmm. um it's like a spin-off show and it's like great I, I just i love i love these i love mr rogers and i love daniel tiger because they 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 do that they they really are like truly positive influences in people's lives and uh you know that may not make like the most honestly the most interesting story arc but um it is satisfying i guess in, in its way and then this movie is is satisfying i suppose in the end um even if it is a little bit thin uh i i would say to, to drag out for an hour and 50 minutes like kind of once once you realize that chris cooper like uh, matt reese's dad is the the source of a lot of angst in his life you realize that like 
you realize what's going to happen. Yeah, Tom Hanks is <laughs> going to bring father and son <laughs> together and yeah, bro- broker a piece, right? Yeah, like you know, yeah, that sort of thing. So, but it's yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. trite and like the 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 jaded journalist is is certainly a trope to a certain extent and. Yeah, the Mr. Rogers character is super well-known, and like you said, there's not a ton of ground to mine there. Casting Chris Cooper certainly helps that character of the father have some more weight. I think that could have been a real nothing if it wasn't someone like Chris Cooper. I mean, Chris Cooper plays this sort of... uh, uh, conflicted adult too in a lot of ways really well conflicted father uh morally uh ambiguous human who can be good and bad and uncertain like i think why little woman was so good is little woman subverted that entirely and chris cooper was just this friendly old man and there was no conflict (laughs) there at all which is great but i think in this movie like it's like you said it's not reinventing the wheel at all it doesn't tell that straightforward story but there is that moment near the end where Mr. Rogers and Chris Cooper, where Hanks and Cooper have that little interaction and those little conversations. And I think that just really, like, it really has some oomph to it. You know, like, I teared up when I watched that part. And I wasn't overly engaged in the movie otherwise. You know, I wasn't at least emotionally engaged. I wasn't like, oh, no, I hope Matthew Reese and his wife work out their issues. I wasn't super worried about that. But I think, you know, seeing those those two older actors both do their thing. And I think there was like, there's a whole reverence to the Mr. Rogers character. I think comes across really well in a scene like that. Like, cause you spend the whole movie following Matthew Reese around and he's so jaded and he's so uncertain. And like, that's just his nature. That's the way he is. Plus he's also got so emotional stuff he's working through. And then the end you see, you don't, you see Mr. Rogers just out with humans and how they respond to him. And you see him with Matthew Reese's family, how they respond to him. Like they, they don't lay it on too thick. You know, like it becomes, it's very matter of fact for almost everyone else that Mr. Rogers meets that he's just a, a sweetie and they love him and they just want to see him and be around him. Like the singing is really the only scene that like feels super manufactured and like built for like a trailer or a clip, you know, like that, mm-hmm. even if that really did happen, I'm sure things like that did happen, but yeah, it's just, it's a weird minefield to traipse around in the idea of like, what's, what are you going to do in a Mr. Rogers movie? Cause it does, it's hard. He, he is such a unique man that what does seem you know, uh, uh, the the easiest layup you could possibly do really happened in real life, probably happened in real life, you know? Like, you're like, this is yeah. too silly for a movie, and then you find out, oh, this sort of thing to happen to the man all the time. So, and that's yeah. why you hire a Tom Hanks, though, because he is the kind of guy who can inspire that reverence as a human being his own and then to play a character even if he's not exactly nailing who that character is or you can't stop remembering that it's tom hanks he has that gravitas that makes you feel like this is a very very important man that deserves all the attention and praise and love that he gets and gives to everyone else yeah yeah and i, I like hank it's it's interesting like uh, it's interesting you know hanks this is a real challenge for any actor right because like I mean, Mr. Rogers has been on the air or was on the air for like 40 straight years. Right. So like, there's really no one alive (laughs) except for like my kids, like, right. Who would never see this movie anyway, uh, or not, won't see this movie anytime soon. Um, who don't know intimately who this person is. Right. And, and, uh, can hold them up against him. Um, so I, I think Hanks does sort of like an admirable, really an admirable job all the like with a with a, a nearly impossible task even for an actor as great as he is which is to play this other iconic figure um and 
you know, I don't think I ever really forgot that it was Tom Hanks playing Mr. <laughs> Rogers. Um, I don't, again, I don't know that that's actually possible. Like, I feel like Daniel Day-Lewis is maybe the only person on the planet who could achieve that. Um, <laughs> that would be really fun. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, there's a thought experiment for you. You know, I, I guess the thing I love, too, about um, Hanks and, and Hanks playing Fred Rogers is like, you know, you, you hit on something interesting, which is like, Mr. Rogers is like, you, you grow up and, and uh, I think Matthew Reese's character kind of embodies this, like, you get cynical about things, right? Like, so you think there's like, there's no way this guy can possibly be like this, like, um, <laughs> and, um, and, you know, everything about that we learn about the world after we stop watching Mr. Rogers trains us to believe that this can't possibly be real right um and and yet here he is and then you know I, I actually think that is kind of a good fit for tom hanks who is like by all i mean we don't know for you never know but by all accounts seems to be like this like wonderful warm human being who um if you follow him on instagram only posts photos of single gloves and single socks that he sees on the side of the street like <laughs> he's just like it's like it's like is he is he really like that you know like I think of him sending the typewriter to the press after Trump was elected and the, 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 the Washington correspondence, like, you know, there's, there's a nice fit there in terms of like, you know, um, wanting to be cynical about, um, celebrities. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm not really holding Tom Hanks up to Mr. Rogers. I think that's like an impossible thing to do, but I think it's, it, there's, there's a nice, there's a nice fit there. Um, and and it and it works and Hanks is even though he can't really melt into convincing us that he's Mr. Rogers, I don't know that there's anyone else where it wouldn't have just been like incredibly distracting. You know? So. Yep. Absolutely. I think that that's super true. Like it's as as on the nose as, you know, the the nice things Mr. Rogers did and the power he had, you know, feeling sort of trite in a movie like this or any movie, I think it's it's super on the nose to cast Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers, like because because like you said, of the of the perceived similarities. But at the same time, like I don't know, like you 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 nailed it. Like I don't know who else could do this. Like and I don't know who else could have it like like you said, there there are actors who in theory could could become Mr. Rogers, but I don't think we even want that. Like, I don't, I don't think that would be a better movie either. You know, like I don't think as much as I'd love to see the, your your DDL Mr. Rogers movie. That I don't know. That would just be weird. <laughs> like that would just be that's more of a thought experiment than a movie. You know, like just method acting Mr. Rogers <laughs> yes, carrying puppets yeah. around everywhere. Like, no, no, I don't want to see that. Yeah. But I do. But yeah, I I think this is the best movie of this sort that you can make like i think there's a there's a the ceiling is low it's never going to be you know anything probably more than a than a crowd pleaser well done uh showcase for hanks and then the rest of the stuff you hope just you know works and gets you to the, the meat of it which is the mr rogers scenes but i think it just is it's such a good choice for hanks like for all the reasons you outlined and i think it caps a, the last time you and I talked, Andrew, we talked about Da Vinci Code, and that's a nightmare, and it's so bad, and they made a billion dollars, and it really, uh, you know, it, it, it gave Hanks, I'm sure it bought him another house, and two houses, and a couple cars, and and it was really, but it was, but it was a, it's in a real weird 
decade plus for him where he's just there's a lot of misses to go with a few hits and I think there's been a resurgence of Hanks in the last decade or so still not perfect still certainly nowhere near his 90s run where everything he touched turned to gold but he's just he's he's taken some he's taken a role like Captain Phillips a role like Bridge of Spies which you work with Greengrass you work with Paul Greengrass you work with Steven Spielberg Sully you're working with Clint Eastwood like not Clint Eastwood is not a guarantee but you know the post you're working with Spielberg like he seems to have you know decided to work with good directors again decided to take some things that are not just certainly not just the Hanks in bright lights as the star of the show kind of roles necessarily he certainly is the leading man but it's not it's not just going out on a limb and and doing something quote-unquote interesting that blows up in his face which we, we reward him for doing so but there was a period there where he was doing a lot of those and none of them were really coming together and this sort of thing is really just the icing on the cake in that regard. Like an iconic, an iconic human being that he slides into on a relatively small scale with very little screen time. Like it's just, I think it sets a blueprint of sorts that if that Tom Hanks wanted to follow that for the next decade or two, I think we would really enjoy that. Like I would love to see him not step back by any means, but but find ways to be a part of a larger impressive sort of if not ensemble then just to, to be part of the movie itself as opposed to being the movie and for a long time Tom Hanks was the name of the title was the movie was the moneymaker was everything and I just think there is he has such a there's so much he can do in the next two decades to intrigue and entertain us if he decides to maybe take that step back and, and see where he fits into someone else's larger puzzle yeah and I think it's kind of and I hope he it's kind of interesting when you look at his like filmography for that decade or so since, uh, since uh, Da Vinci code, um, which also includes like multiple other Da Vinci code movies, sadly. (laughs) Um, but I do hope that he kind of follows on this pattern, which is interesting. Like he can, you know, some of the movies you mentioned, he, he is the lead character, you know, he, he, and he can still do it right. Like Captain Phillips was great. Uh, great movie you know he he was nominated for an academy award um bridge of spies i was kind of like lukewarm but he carries the movie and does a very more than competent job like he's he's very good um so he can still he can still do that stuff um but then you've got this and sully too like i, I actually like i know we joke a lot about sully but i actually think he i think you both we both would say he like legitimately um carries a very interesting and lovable and strange movie um <laughs> but then he sprinkles in as you say like it's not it didn't just start with mr rogers you know so he was he's um he's ben bradley in the post uh that's sort of not as spare of a role as mr rogers in, in beautiful day in the neighborhood but it's it's definitely a supporting you know um role for him and then, you know, you go back to 2013, he pay, plays Walt Disney um, in Saving Mr. Banks, which I know you haven't seen. Um, isn't isn't a particularly great movie, but he, he does a very good job as Walt Disney. I mean, um, it, it, he's he's he, he I think it's a flawed movie for other reasons, but not because of Tom Hanks. So I guess what I'm getting at is like, I hope he kind of just mixes it up and takes the takes the roles where he can be the leading man. And then he clearly seems to be comfortable not being the leading man all the time. Um, and then, you know, maybe he'll play Woody a couple more times in like Toy Story 5 and 6. Um, so I would be like, like, as I guess, I think what you're saying is like, you'd be very happy. And so would I, if he did that for the next couple decades. 
Um, <laughs> and I, 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 I co-sign, uh, to completely <laughs> that, so. no, but it's, but it's yeah. not the way it always goes. You know, like he's, he's such mm-hmm. an, especially for a guy like him, who's so unprecedented, like who has had that run and, you know, like, even like, I'm, I'm thinking of like a, a Paul Newman type maybe, or like Jack Nicholson was never really the same kind of guy, but Jack Nicholson sort of steps back very much when he got, now that he's yeah. gotten older and it's like, I'm done with movies in general. Paul Newman yeah. certainly did a little bit of it, but he sort of, he sort of worked his way into like, he, he played a lot of older man roles. I remember like when he became an older man, like, you know, yeah. he didn't, um, but, and they weren't, and they weren't the same. Like Tom Hanks is in rarefied ground, I think, because he was such a big box office draw, and he had all these iconic characters, and he made all this money. Like he just, he didn't have an actor's career. Like he had like a movie star's yeah. career. <laughs> yeah. But like, but he was always an actor at the same time too. You know, yeah. so it's just like I don't know what parallel who and who and who has like not burned out or not gotten on drugs or died or like like he's just been so consistent for so long, even when he's been subpar. He's we he's still there, and he just shown himself to have the ability to bounce back and be the good old Tom Hanks we like. So I, I think that's why it's so it's so fun to talk about him for this whole for the career like you and I have done, and then to speculate on the futures because like I just don't know what is next. Like I don't even know what his drawing power is like. Like he made he made Greyhound for Apple Plus TV, right, or Apple Plus. Apple TV Plus. I yeah, Apple TV called. Plus, whatever. <laughs> Jesus, that is a goddamn mouthful. And then he made News of the World, uh, another Paul Greengrass movie that you and I were talking about that may come out on Netflix. They may come put it in theaters. Who knows? It's, it's going to be one of the COVID movies that they have to make a call on pretty soon. But, like, I don't know... What what kind of oomph he has at this point? Like it just purely Hollywood wise. Like, do they want him to still make movies? Or are they trying to push him to to some more supporting roles? Like those are both movies that he is the star of. But Greyhound, uh, you know, didn't move the needle at all. It was on some billboards, and then who knows what happened with his Greengrass movie? Like, I just I'm very intrigued as well as you know as what we talked about. We hope happens. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Like I. I hope it's 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 similar to this decade where, like we said, he gets to make good things, and I hope he chooses to make good things. And you know, it, but but even even in do you think about streaming? Like if Tom Hanks, if this if this Paul Greengrass movie comes to Netflix, like that's two streaming movies in a row this year. Like I know that's all we can really do, but I you know I don't I don't know what his place in the ecosystem is, and he's had such a top dog status for four decades now. Like I just I, I it's it's going to be. He's going to be a very interesting piece on the chessboard to figure out where what we're doing with this guy for as long as he wants to keep making movies. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to speculate, but I would still contend, and this movie is a great example uh, that, that we just talked about, that, like, you put Tom Hanks in the movie, it, it's going to, at least for now, have a certain amount of cachet. Um you know, uh, the, the, I, I, and I'm inclined to kind of, to a degree, just write off this year, like the weird COVID year, like as, as I'm not sure that we should really take any like directional <laughs> le- lessons out of that for anyone. Um, but like, like, look at this movie. He's, he's on the poster, yep. not Matthew Reese. That's true. You know? That's a great so, point. so, um, so now he's playing Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rogers is the selling point too, but, but. <laughs> Tom fucking Hanks is the selling point of the movie. You know, like I still think that's by and large true when you look down through this, like, like bridge of spies is another example of like, you know, it's a Spielberg movie. So Spielberg's part of it, but like you put Tom Hanks in the poster. You're like, yeah, I want to see that. That doesn't get made. That doesn't exist without Tom Hanks. Yeah. So, 
so you know we'll, we'll see and i think you're you're right to be sort of have your antenna up for that because i do think you know let's talk about two guys that we've talked about probably more than anyone else on this podcast al pacino and robert De Niro. i think those are guys that um they kind of blew it they blew this part of their career right and so like when an al pacino and de niro movie comes out now you kind of have a little bit of a filter there like yeah, it's still them, but you're like, yeah, I can skip that one, you know. Yep. <laughs> like Hanks isn't not there, you know. Now there, I'm looking at his his filmography in the last decade, and there are definitely some movies where I'm like, hmm, yeah, didn't see that, didn't even know that was the thing. Um, hologram for the king, don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I I don't think he's gotten to the point where it's like you know De Niro and Pacino, you they're like, kind of like doddering old guys and you're like oh that's cute remember them um (laughs) even now like you know De Niro just was in the Irishman and you know had a a you you thought that might spark a resurgence and then this year he was in the war with grandpa and it's like Bob De Niro like you just you were very good in the Irishman like you know polarizing a little bit but certainly a big an amazingly big swing from a guy on the tail end of his career and then he makes Tom Hanks has never made a war with grandpa you know and and hopefully he never will and that is that's always the fear I guess but the war with grandpa by the way is apparently two hours and 21 minutes long can that be true (laughs) (laughs) Andrew familiar with the war with grandpa have you gone to war uh I am familiar that it's a thing that exists but i (laughs) no it's wrong that's wrong though google was wrong it is only 94 minutes long that makes a lot more sense okay that's 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 (laughs) appropriate regardless of the running time of war with grandpa which i just had to bring that up because that's fucking insane um it's yes de niro and pacino are great great examples of what could happen and what hasn't happened it almost certainly won't happen because i think hanks values his reputation more than that i think he works with better people than they do he he's you know i mean he's made a lot of money and it doesn't seem like he's doing it for the money like the swings as bad as they are some of the ones we talked about still like they still feel like they're swings with a purpose you know they just can't all be home runs and some of them can't even be singles Well, well even like even like greyhound and news of the world we don't know about news of the world yet but greyhound like it's like it's a world war ii movie so it's not like it's not worth no it's not it's not like a badge of shame right you know and honestly in the same way that i think is something that happens to some act no i think they're what we more commonly see i'm kind of just spitballing here is like either what we're talking about with de niro and pacino where it's like oh my god you guys are like debasing yourselves why like do do you again do you have tax problems or there is like (laughs) the jack dickelson you know sort of like gene hackman like where it's like semi or permanent retirement right like there you just kind of just stop or really sort of fade out um i don't know like i'm thinking like robert redford is maybe someone that's kind of like this still although i think he just well he sort of went into directing and sort of slow yeah i don't know um but anyway like hanks is seems on pretty steady ground uh, relative to all those sort of potential options he certainly hasn't retired um or gone into semi-retirement um and he also hasn't really debased himself completely here um no. or maybe he's just tough one i don't <laughs> Andrew, as we wrap up Hanks here, as we move on to the to a new subject, to uh to to the holiday season, to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast, what's been your favorite Hanks movies of the ones we've watched? What have you enjoyed the most? Uh man, uh I mean, 
Saving Private Ryan is probably the best movie I think we watched. I think my favorite, like having gone through all these, my real favorite one that we watched and got to talk about was Castaway. I, I just because I mean it was like maximum ganks in all of the ways you would sort of want, and that was like the biggest, most pleasant surprise. Like I feel like I went too long not having seen that movie or not like run into it on cable or whatever, and I won't make that the mistake again. Um, Saving Private Ryan is great. Although it's not really like a full Hanks movie, it's just it's it's just a great movie with Tom Hanks, I suppose. So, yeah, no, I think those are all great. The, the one I would add that I I keep coming back to in my mind is Apollo thirteen, and that's mm-hmm. one that I saw such a long time ago and remembered so little about. Just I really thought of it as just another space movie. I was like, oh, it's a yeah. it's a very competently done space movie, and like that is ostensibly true. But it's really, really, really well done. Like, it's not, you know, it doesn't just fall back into the pantheon of decent 90s, like, space movies. Like, it, it is great. Everyone in it is great. It's understated. The effects hold up. Like, it's very cool. And that's the kind of movie he didn't make a ton of after that either, you know? Like, he, he stayed yeah. very grounded in his career as well. Like, he didn't, you know, go on adventures. He didn't do sci-fi very often. Like, he didn't do really anything of that was super wacky. Like, and, 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 and nor was Apollo 13 wacky either Apollo 13 was you know was an old-fashioned space movie literally from a while ago when space was like you were in a tin can with rockets on it that shot you into the sky yeah. like but he's so good in it and it's so like you sort he's he's not that old he's 64 but like Forrest Gump was 90 Forrest Gump was 94 Apollo 13 was 95 yeah. like he seems so like it's, it's crazy how young he was when he made those movies like they, it's yeah. such a huge part of his career and his life and his rise to fame and then he went on there you know 25 years after that here we are and like that was Tom Hanks like that was his everything and if you look at Paul 13 it does not feel like a young man making a movie it feels like a seasoned pro and he was yeah. but it's just it's just it's like it's just for all the all the little things it does right stuck out to me and and the movies we named, uh, Private Ryan and Apollo 13, both, you know, casts that, that though Tom Hanks is above the title, a lot of other stuff going on, and a lot of people get their time to shine. And that that's, 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 that's my biggest takeaway overall about the man himself is he's in a lot of movies where he, he certainly helps it get made and brings it to new heights, yeah. but he, he, he concedes his time when he can to, to others who deserve it, and that's really cool. And it's just not a thing you can say of certain, like we said, a lot of movie stars. That, that, that's not a, an adjective or a quality I would, I would uh, offer many of them as, as part of their, what's in their repertoire. I think it's part of what makes him so lovable. I mean, like he definitely has his own charisma and charm, but yeah, this, this idea that he he shares he seems to be a uh, uh, unselfish actor basically and even if he's um, even if it's manufactured yeah. like it's 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 so it's it's manufactured to the point of it is part of all of his movies now as well so it's like even if this is a persona that he's leaning into and cooking up to a certain not cooking up really but like you know a, a, accentuating that part of his his self and his personality like when it comes to his movies it doesn't even really matter whether it's manufactured or not because you see what's on screen you know you see him in these movies giving other people room to shine and grow and like that's just cool and on its head like i don't really care if tom hanks the man is exactly that way i'd like to hope he is but it's not really for what you and i are doing here it's not super relevant it's just nice to watch the movies and see the movies reflect this sort of man and and this sort of and this this this, uh, everyone around him and like it they all it's it's i feel like it just has a weight to it and a power to it that is beneficial and wonderful you know regardless of how far it extends beyond the screen 
He's a he's a goddamn American treasure. I think I would say after <laughs> after having seen all these movies and even Da Vinci Code and <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle, even Code was... even with those in there, I'm just like they were yeah, like really they were fun. Being being home and watching movies during COVID has reminded me of like how bad so many movies are, or just how lifeless <laughs> or how joyless. You know, like even yeah. good ones, so many of them just have like. They're they're missing something, or they don't pop. Like you, you, you find yourself drifting away, looking at your phone, tuning out. It's just so easy to do that when you when there's just stuff on the screen in front of you, when you're not in a movie theater in particular. But all these Hanks movies, like I was very engaged for all of them. Like obviously because we were talking about them mm-hmm. on here, but like I was always wanted to see what he was gonna do, why he was there. Like in my head, I was like, why did he make this choice? Why did he star in this movie? Yeah. Where is this going? Like there's something he he has a presence that is is it's cliche but it's, it is larger than life in that sense like it's it's just i i i'm captivated by him i want to watch him i want to i'm drawn to him in a way like i don't know that those are kind of things you can't really pin down or explain why they are but having watched these 10 movies i think it's undeniable like even the bad ones like you said there's something about them where i don't mind i, I wouldn't want to watch all three da vinci code movies but i can watch <laughs> the first one and and scoff and like well okay good try yeah. like i, don't, I just yeah. don't know what it is about him but he has definitely has that quality for sure yeah um yeah, I yeah, and and I think it's it's it, it it's something about him. I think it's also like our first. This is our first like you know our last sort of series like this was was Tarantino, um, and he's like the puppet master, right? And you know this is Tom Hanks is the puppet on the string, so to speak. Um, so it's it, in some ways it's like it is it also it is almost more interesting. Like with Tarantino, you can just kind of see a clearer arc. Um, you know, Hanks has to keep being good at his job and (laughs) having that charisma right like he doesn't like he can't like i mean he can write his own check i don't want to oversimplify but but like um it's not the same as it is for someone like tarantino i mean i guess we've done we've done al pacino but that whole series has a very different vibe because we're like you know it's basically a wrestling match about whether he's good or not um it's more of a joke than it is like 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 a real thing and uh yeah it's 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 been a it's been an interesting um journey to try and figure out why why is this guy such an american treasure basically (laughs) and the answer is sort of just because he is like yeah Because you want to like him, he's just—he's like an everyman with a uh, you know at least a at least in turn who's a, a real nice bod. So yep. he's like, yeah, he's a good guy. He's he's got a nice bod. He's he's even got an, I would say a decent old man bod. Miss Miss Arash, yeah. he probably put on a few pounds, but that's okay. Yeah. Like fill out that sweater. That's probably what it, probably what they wanted them to do anyway. So. Yeah. he's great i you're so I, I really do i'm looking forward to everything that comes next uh, i'm so glad he survived covid he's he brought to light that this is a real thing we all got very serious when that happens and it, it's sort of gone from there but regardless he's wonderful all of us yeah well <laughs> no, we can't we can't get into that that's yeah. too much. Yeah. <laughs> yes. but it was a great run tom hanks is the he's the first one injected with the chip by bill gates i believe yeah. um sorry <laughs> well maybe we'll come back to tom someday maybe when news of the world comes out maybe we'll we'll periodically stop backing with mr hanks more than we do with other people because now he's near and dear to our heart in in very real ways yeah i want to see this elvis movie do you know they're making an elvis movie where he's tom parker 
I saw Untitled Elvis Project. By, it's just called Elvis now, apparently. That's a pretty easy choice by them, I think. You might... <laughs> it's a bold, it's yeah. a bold name. <laughs> I hope that works out for them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Tom Hanks doing a southern accent. I think that's got lady killers written all over it, but maybe this time it'll work out. So, Or uh, Charlie Green Wilson's War or one of those. Green Mile. He's Green sort of... Mile, yeah. Well, he's done it. He's done it to varying levels of success a few times Not now. Well. So. This no, like it's, it's, it's like he's doing like it's like you or I trying to do it in some ways, but it's it's charming. It doesn't really matter at a certain point. It works. So, yeah. Well, if I was doing it, it would just be a bad foghorn like impression. I'm not an actor. No, you're not. But yet people still listen to us do this podcast and we want to thank them for coming on this journey with us. It's been wonderful. We appreciate you. The downloads, the ratings, the reviews, the reads. It's all been wonderful. And we are moving on, Andrew, to our 100th episode. Our next episode is number 100. It's going to be very exciting. We are not going to reveal what we're doing just yet, but we will be out very, very soon. So keep an eye out. Subscribe to the In Real Deep podcast. Everywhere you get podcasts, visit inrealdeep.com. Keep refreshing that site, reloading, and we'll bring it to you very, very shortly. So keep an eye out for yeah, that. Yeah, refresh it constantly. The only hint we can give is that it's uh... – it, it's tangentially related to the season because of sledding. Yes. <laughs> That's a good hint. I like that. <laughs> I thought you were going to tie running. it to another current yeah. event that we talked about, but no, that's the, the cinematic current event, but I like yours a lot more. It could be, it could be cool runnings. It could not be cool. Runnings. Sure. Christmas. Other movie could be a Christmas story, right? There's a sled in that. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think so. yeah. Yeah. There's a toboggan in Home Alone. There you go. <laughs> that's right so keep an eye with everyone again subscribe to the NRLD podcast lots more good stuff to come including the holiday episodes those are coming for sure we always love the holiday season and talking about Christmas movies and there's going to be plenty of that in 2020 without a doubt so that's pretty big as well so definitely I, keep I an eye like- for those I feel like we're going to set a record for Christmas episodes this year because we literally don't have anything else to do. I look forward to it immensely. There's, uh, there's every day I find something out on because the streaming services are so large now and they're just chock full of stuff. Like it's, it's almost overwhelming how many options we have. I think Sam's I mean, head might explode. Yeah, I, I did see there's a Dolly Parton Christmas special, and I really would like to watch that to make it better for whatever what who did we what was a music special? Oh, i can't even remember her name that's very sad yeah sam uh, will enjoy this not idea. not dolly parton not i dolly. would also much rather watch a dolly parton christmas special than the one Absolutely. we consumed yeah so there you go everyone enjoy all of that that's coming very very soon and we appreciate you listening and andrew we appreciate you as always coming on and talking tom hanks it was tough to pick 10 but we did it and i look forward to the 100th episode yeah absolutely and we look forward to you all listening we'll be seeing you further on up the road adios